Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. This is Pete Becky, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Reconciling Grace. Here in the studio with me are Mick Wells and Vicki Cundiff, and remotely from Danforth, Illinois, we have Pastor Don McDonald, PMAC, as he is otherwise known, especially to those in his congregation. It's good to have all of you with us today, and it's always good to acknowledge our sound engineer over there, Bob Morris behind the glass. He does a great job and he puts up with a lot of uh, shenanigans and stuff that go on, especially when the uh, when the recording is not recording. So Bob, we thank you too. And uh, we're going to have Mick be leading us today in a topic that is called So What's New? Mick, so what's new? Well, uh, should I give you an honest answer? If no. you want. You know what we used to answer when, when we would be asked that in college was new. What's new? Well, it's the 13th letter of the Greek alphabet. That's right. It's spelled G-N-U, right? I think it was just N-U. <laughs> well, you know, I, I picked this topic for this program uh, not just because the title is something of a cliche, but we've recently recorded um, some detail on how a person becomes a Christian, how they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, it's not just something we say by rote or uh, write down, put away in a book or, or forget in the back of our memories. There's, when you look at the scripture, so much happens that's new and different for a person who gives their life and, and their trust to Jesus Christ that I thought we're gonna cover just some of the scriptures. And there's so many of these that uh, we're only just going to uh, touch on it a little bit. I'd like to start out with an off-quoted scripture. I've asked Vicki to share with us 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when you hear that, it, uh, it's such a sweeping, comprehensive thing. If you're like me, around New Year's, you make resolutions and you want to get a fresh start, a new start. When you become a Christian and put your faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ, it says the old things are passed away and how many things? All things, not just some. All things are become new. That should tell us that there's a sweeping change that comes into our life when we uh, believe in Jesus, when we believe that he died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, was buried, was raised to life on the third day, our lives become new in many, many ways, and we become a new creature. Uh, we may look in the mirror and see the same face. I see the same gray hair I haven't cut in seven months because of the uh, sequestering away in a time of pandemic. But you know, it made me think of the lines of a song I used to sing this to a cassette tape years ago. It's by a fellow named Del Way, and the, the title is kind of startling. It says, The Old Man is Dead. It sounds like a Halloween title, doesn't it? Listen to these words. This is the chorus. It says, And the man you see before you, 
may look a lot the same. I may wear the same clothes and have the same old name. But you're looking on the outside. If you could see inside instead, you would see a brand new man, because the old man is dead. And in speaking of spiritual birth, and um, the Bible tells us that, that Christ died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. And you know, just the concept of being born again, as Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, talk about it's not just remodeling our old self. Mm -hmm. It's an altogether new beginning. And uh, we must be born again to see the kingdom and to to uh, enter into heaven. But uh, we're talking about being born again, not in the body sense, but in the spirit. We were dead in trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians 2, verse 1, but we are uh, brought to, uh, made alive in Christ, as, as the word tells us, and we become that new creation that Vicki just read about. Well, what else is new? Uh, we walk in newness of life, and I've asked Don to share with us Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Surely, it says we walk in newness of life. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Again, brand new, uh, brand new. We don't patch up our old life. We have a new life, and we are to walk in newness of life. I'd like for you panel members just for a minute to think about when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And what, what do you recall was new for you when you did that? Just exper experientially speaking, was there anything new and different for you? Well, I can tell you that um, I know that there was. Um, I think every other word out of my mouth was Jesus this, Jesus that, oh. to the point where I, to the point where I drove people nuts. Um, one of the things, though, that I do recall happening, and maybe it wasn't exactly like the month I gave my life to the Lord, but within within the first year. Um, I remember going to a gathering of a bunch of my um, former high school classmates, and I went to a really large school, um, and I had seen a lot of people there who I hadn't seen since probably about a year earlier, because I was in college, actually two years earlier, I should say now, and um, there was one person who said something to me that she said, you know, when we graduated, I really didn't know what was going to become of you because you really didn't seem to have any focus in life. Um, but she says, now I see that. And it was like, well, man, all I've been doing is talking about Jesus, you know? <laughs> so I, I knew that there was a difference in my life, but, but I've remembered that now for, gosh, it must be, it must be almost 40 years that I remember that because it was as though Jesus gave my life a direction. Wonderful. Vicky or Don, anything to share about uh, what was what became new for you in your experience? Well, my experience was a little bit different because my dad had died 
the day before. So the first experience that I had when I gave my heart to Christ was instant peace. And so that was a huge thing that I did not have in the moment. And all of a sudden, there was peace in my heart and a like a contentment there for a little while, you know, while I was going through that. Um, there was also a determination to go to heaven. And uh, I don't know, it, it, it was, it might sound strange, but it was the beginning of a different mindset. Sure. You know, that continues on, uh, of course. Um, I noticed in the scripture it said, um, we were buried therefore with him by baptism unto death. And I, I read this um, just today. Someone sent the, this to me today, and God had works in miraculous ways. Uh, when God gives you a new beginning, it starts with an ending. And so when we came to Christ, there was an ending of sin, you know, that cleansing of sin. And that's where that peace came from and that uh, newness of life that really begins. And so, you know, you said uh, earlier in that scripture, well, I, I actually read it um, about being that new creature in Christ and that brand new thing. But there has to be that ending as well. So I thought that was a really good quote yeah. because it was an ending of that life of sin that now there was this new life. And uh, it did begin for me that day. Even in, in And I will say that to, to anyone out there listening, even in the midst of deep heartache, which I was in at that moment, I knew something had happened to me. And I had that determination, as I said, and it was, it was the beginning of that mindset that was starting to change and starting to look toward Jesus and say, how am I supposed to live this life now? Sure. It was a definitely a benchmark moment and a new beginning mm -hmm. for sure. Thank you. Uh, Don, anything you'd like to share along those lines uh, before uh, you share with us from Colossians? Sure. I just, I kept thinking about how, you know, before Christ, I, I didn't really love myself as Christ loved me. And because of all my brokenness and dealing with the childhood, that was difficult. And then all of a sudden, in spite of my brokenness, Jesus loves me and he can take my brokenness and use it for something beautiful. And so that was sort of a synopsis of thinking about how I became a new creation in Christ. Um, the text I'm looking at is Colossians 3, 9 through 10, and it says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's wonderful guidance to all of us. Um, it, it is a break from the old man, as the song I read talked about, and we're to put on the new self. There is a complete change. Now, I've heard people over the years speculate as to whether they lose their, their sin nature, um, and I, I don't think this is the time or place to get into that kind of a debate, but you know something? We are to take off the old self. We, we still live in a fallen world. We put on the new self because the Holy Spirit is living inside us now. And I recall how Jesus taught us to pray to our Heavenly Father, forgive us our trespasses and debts. Now he's talking to us recognizing that we've given our lives and our faith to him, to God, to Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit within us, he's, even God still recognizes that we are going to be involved in, in trespasses, and some uh, versions of the Lord's Prayer say, 
debts. Forgive us those trespasses. So we're still in a fallen world and we're still subject to temptation, but we are, as Don just read, to put on the new self and be renewed in the knowledge, in the image of our creator. Now, Pete, I'm going to ask you to go ahead with this and we can talk about it a little bit after the break, but one of the new things that is uh, in our lives is that Jesus becomes our divine defender before the Father. Would you share with us 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2? My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute, but we're going to first take a break for our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace, talking about the subject, So What's New? And I just got done reading 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, where it talks about that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And Mick, I think you wanted to jump off of that point with something, didn't you? Well, I did. And my premise for the program was to think, what is new or different in the life of a Christian What's available to the Christian? What perks do we have that a non-Christian does not have? Well, it occurred to me that if we don't have the Lord Jesus Christ living within us, then we don't have the promise that's listed here, a divine defender before the Father. And I don't know if you've had any experience in the court settings or not, but... No, but I've seen it on TV. Yeah, there you go. Perry Mason, if you're of that vintage. Um, I'll tell you what, if you look out in society and all the different uh, occupations, there are good doctors, there are bad doctors. I want to know if my surgeon (laughs) didn't flunk, you know, surgery 101 in Mm -hmm. in college. And there are good lawyers and, and, and bad lawyers, I'm sure. But what better defender would you ask for than to Jesus, than Jesus Christ, uh, the righteous one, as Pete just read. If we do sin, and this is acknowledgement that we do make errors and we do sin and fall short of the glory of God, uh, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ. Well, he's a sitting at the right hand of God, and he is pleading our case. Uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. And what what wonderful reassurance that is that the the one who made us, the Lord of all creation, is interceding and pleading my case before God the Father. And it's not anything I've done to earn that. It's no merits of mine that he's arguing. He's making the case that I and my shortcomings are covered by the cloak of righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, Mick, one of the things that I think of when I think of the courtroom setting is something that I heard from a man probably when I was, oh, my 
mid-20s, he was explaining to us how he had adopted a child. Mm-hmm. And I think you've adopted children Two. now, so I don't know if the if the same thing was said to you as this judge said to this man, but he said that the most important thing you are giving this child is a name, because oh. this child is now going to be your child. If you have other children, this child is going to be just as equal with all the other children. And when I'm thinking about this in the judicial setting, I'm thinking of this uh, here is Jesus basically saying. You're mine, you're my brother, you know, and, and you are you are just as an important part of, of my family as any other brother or sister. We have that identity given to us when we are adopted by Jesus Christ. Right, and, so uh, when I think of the courtroom setting, I think of it being brought into a family in a, in a legal way, in a transaction that is actually done legally. Yes, I've been through that twice with uh, two overseas adoptions. Well, the next point, when you ask, so what's new? Uh, We talked about Jesus being our defender. Another uh, part of the the, uh, triune God is the Holy Spirit, and we are given him as a divine advocate as well. And so we're in good shape in terms of who's pleading our case. So let me read for you John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, capital A, who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, as we know, was... was uh, given to Christians at the uh, Pentecost, as described in in the scriptures. So um, then there's a a partner verse that I've often uh, found comfort in. It's Romans 8, verse 26, and it says this. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, Spirit, helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I cannot tell you people, you listeners out there, uh, what a comfort that is to me. Because have you ever knelt down and tried to pray and you nothing came to your mind and you didn't know what to pray for? You knew you had needs. You knew you wanted God to uh, reach people you knew you needed uh, an answer to prayer from God, and we just didn't know how to pray. And this is a precious promise because one part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit that lives inside us, is interceding for us, praying for us, if you will, with groanings too deep for words. And so um, that should be a comfort to all of us. Any thoughts on that? You know... Mick, when when I was uh, looking over this whole section, I have in my mind a time where I had to walk into a room of a of a teenage mother who uh, delivered a stillborn, mm. and it was full term. And I remember before I went into that hospital room because it was my first stillborn, 
just Holy Spirit, I have no idea what to say. I have no idea what to do. And I walked into that room and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, peace, be still. I got this for you. And it was a powerful moment of ministry for me personally with the family. And uh, without that Holy Spirit there, I would have never been able to do it on my own. So very much a Holy Spirit. He took it. He blessed us. I knew what to say because the Spirit was there. We were able to extend grace and love in such a difficult time. But it started with that prayer. Holy Spirit, you take this. Well, that's a beautiful account uh, there, Don, and illustrates to us how the, the God comes through the Holy Spirit to uh, fulfill that promise in, an, in our uh, life and ministry and our calling. Thank you for sharing that. We also, when you say, what else is new? So what's new? Well, we enjoy renewal, and there's a freshness to our relationship with God. So as we re- enjoy spiritual renewal, I've asked Vicki to share with us from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Yes, and... You know, that that is so true. When, when we talk about all things become new, when I became a Christian, I just didn't receive a, a, a buff body and the abilities of a, of, a, of a tight end or a wide receiver uh, for a professional football team. It says outwardly, this is to Christians now, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, but inside us, Jesus is renewing us day by day. And uh, that's a promise that kind of piggybacks on a, a, a scripture from the Old Testament that uh, you hear oft quoted. And I've asked Vicki to share uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, and, and these words come to mind when I get out of bed in the morning now as I, as I approach or as I go along my path of, of uh, further into antiquity, I, I get up a little later and later. But, uh, you know, these words come to mind. Uh, even though I'm getting up a little later, I feel a little weaker or what have you, the compassions of the Lord, they don't fail. And they're new for me when I put my feet on the floor in the mornings and every day, because he is faithful to us. Well, what is what else is new for Christians? Well, you know something? We have all kinds of precious promises that the non-believer, the unbeliever doesn't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are hundreds of promises in the Scripture, and I just want to take a little time uh, to remind you of a few of these, but I'm going to ask Don to share with us a, a core verse, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Sure. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great 
and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Yes, and you know, um, he's giving us tools uh, because he is faithful with these promises. He says, if there's no temptation that you've encountered, but such is common to man, and he'll make a way out if you are uh, tempted. We can escape the world's corruption. That doesn't mean when it says uh, to share his divine nature, it doesn't mean I'm going to become a god or anything like this. But he's blessing us with abilities and insights that help us to live a life which is pleasing to him and will help fulfill uh, his purposes. And I was thinking of a few others that I want to uh, share with you. Um, James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. Now, no unbeliever has that promise. That's right. There are a lot of things that uh, the Bible tells us that are specific for believers. And um, that's one of the problems we have with uh, people who are looking at things more of as universalists, I guess is what you'd say, is mm-hmm. they think that every every promise in there is something for everybody. But no, um, there are certainly benefits that come with being part of the family of God and being led by the Holy Spirit from within you. Sometimes we even find those comforting scriptures in the, in the Old Testament, but they apply to people whose faith are in, is, in, is in God. I was thinking of what uh, Vicki said a little while ago about how uh, her newness of life began with a, a feeling of inner peace at a time when she had, had lost her, her father. Uh, listen to this one. This is from Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. It says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. There is a supernatural peace that God gives us. I don't think we're going to find any genuine peace from the enemy or from the circumstances of the world. But the word says that he'll keep us in perfect peace uh, because uh, we trust in him. You know, Mick, I just want to interject there real quick here. Whose minds are set upon Christ. Yeah. The scripture said. <laughs> and one of the things that becomes new about us is a renewing of the mind. And, you know, the scripture tells us that, but the mindset has to change. So we, we read scripture from the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit living within us. We've got the Word of God as we read the Word, the Holy Spirit. That's great influence because the mindset has to change from all that sinful living that we used to do. And how we used to think about things. You know, one of the things that I noticed as a new Christian as time went on is that my mind changed of how I used to think about some things. Sure. You know, and and every Christian will go through that as long as you're truly trying to walk with the Lord. But when the mindset changes, then the behavior changes. Absolutely. The behavior's not going to change before the mind changes. So you need that mindset. And uh, I think that God instills that desire in there like i know that that was there for me even though i was grieving i had a determination i was going to go to heaven and had that determination for that and so the mindset was already beginning to change and had and i had decided that i really wanted to uh, know christ in my heart and 
and live for him. You know, I wanted to know how to do it. And so the mindset changes and then the behavior changes. That's because Jesus lives within you and he is the one who allows you to have that mind change, that spirit change. And And I hear the music starting to play behind us. So that means that we're just about getting towards the end of this episode. So Mick, I want to thank you so much, Mick Wells, for sharing this session with us. And for Mick Wells, for Vicki Cundiff, and for Pastor Mac, Don McDonald, this is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Reconciling Grace. May God be with you in all you do, and may he bless you abundantly as you know him. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.